Sandcast. Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis McWhorter, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. Welcome back to Sarah Hughes Part 2. In case you missed the first episode with Sarah Hughes, you can catch us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, VolleyballMag.com, wherever it is you get your audio, that's where you can get it. And we're also welcoming a new sponsor to the show. We have signed on with Wilson, which makes the best ball in the game by far. In case you have been on Instagram, you'll notice that Wilson has signed about three quarters of the AVP. Basically, anybody who might make the Olympics, Wilson has signed them on. There's a reason for that because it is the best ball in the game, one of the best brands in volleyball. So really stoked to be a part of that team. Uh, Listen in for Sarah Hughes Part 2. If you like us, give us a review on iTunes. We appreciate it, and we'll catch you all next week on Sandcast. And you guys were, and this year was the first that we really saw the influx of college talent just with Nicolette Martin. She had a great year, and Jace Pardon played in college, and she's playing well, and Lara Dykstra and Delaney Nuts and all these girls who played in college. And so I feel like, was it ever almost frustrating to you? Because, I mean, you and Kelly were like the headline of every story, but you had so much talent surrounding you. We were like, all these girls are awesome too. Oh, I hate, I hated that when it was just oh, Sarah and Kelly, team on, you know, Team USC. I was like, no, you don't realize, like, these girls that are on the two, three, four to the eighth team, like, they're our support system. We would not be even close to being good or have any success without my teammates. And I think that's a huge thing. I would hate when people would go into interviews and ask somebody like a Nicolette Martin, uh, oh, like, what do you think about Kelly and Sarah? It's like, they deserve just as much fame and respect as we do because we're out there on the same really hot court at USC and we're training every day and we're, we're in it together. So it's, it really is a team sport, although it may not seem like that, where we were a family and we're a team at USC. That's, and that's pretty cool. I mean, I, that's something I legit have never experienced on the beach. Like, it's never been a team atmosphere at all, which is something that, I know USA Volleyball is kind of interested in trying to figure out a system to where we kind of feel like we're a team, like Team USA is going overseas to represent as one, but the system's not set up that way. But yeah, that's something I've never experienced. I think that'd be cool if we could get uh, tournaments going in that way where it's the college system, but it's USA versus Brazil versus Netherlands versus Italy. That could be rad. That would be cool. We got a business idea. See, See? now you just need to read a couple Sarah's entrepreneurship books and we're good. (laughs) Is is that team aspect though, something that you miss? Because I know that that just in talking to a couple indoor players is one of the toughest transitions to make is just having like this familial aspect of the sport of just having a team around you to being sometimes practice is just you, your partner and a coach, if you're lucky enough to have one. That's actually a great question because going out on the tour was weird. Usually at college level, you're you're with 14 of your best friends. You play with them every day. If you're born in the hotel room, you go and you hang out in their room and just you have that team aspect of everything. And then going on the FIVB tour, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bored sometimes. You know, have you ever gone to another U.S. team's matches and like legit like stood up and cheered for them? Because I haven't really, to be honest. <laughs> I'll cheer for the girls sometimes, but when, it, when I'm trying to qualify against these other guys and like there's legit big things on the line, I'm not exactly standing up and 
cheering for Jake and Casey when if they win, they're going to pass me in, <laughs> right. in in my monthly stipends and they might get my health insurance. <laughs> like, no, I'm usually sitting there quietly and respectfully, but like, come on, lose, lose, lose. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's true. As you said, it's usually the girls rooting for the guys and the yeah. guys rooting for the girls because like you said, you lose and you get surpassed by points. You don't want that to happen. And that that is the difference college it's like that team loses we all lose yeah uh professional that team wins they take over your points or they take over your stipend and you're like uh, i don't well, know if i'm okay with that i have to get so, a side job and i don't yeah. have health insurance next year and some people have kids and so that's it's, a big deal it's it's very different so i i'm glad i got best of both worlds so right. I, I had that team aspect and now i have that professional aspect so it's they're definitely not comparable, but um, there's a lot of changes, but I know I'll always have my friends from USC. And, and we talked about the sort of the points race and how it's kind of sort of a little mini civil war at every tournament. How conscious of you are you of where you and Kelly stand points wise every tournament that you go into? Like, do you know what tournament you're dropping and like what you need to sort of maintain or jump from where you are? It's... It's a process, and we're still learning everything there is to know about points and all that good stuff. But right now, it's just like the race to get points and um, to have points. So it's like, oh, if I take that tournament off and that team does well, will they like surpass us? So that's definitely something, and it's tactical, and you have to look at it. But um, and one of the main things is like, oh, well, if I'm the one team or two team, then I'm in the main draw. If not, you drop down to the qualifier or even more unfortunately, the country quota. Because, I mean, we have a brutal country quota because we have so many great teams. So it's, it is really important to always monitor and look at your points. And, I mean, that, the country quota in The Hague, I don't think it can be stated how difficult that was with, I mean, you had two teams who had one AVPs, and then you had April Ross, who is one of the top probably four American women of all time playing with a 6'5 blocker. So the country quota, I, I can't even imagine the nerves that would go into that. Didn't they go to three, too? Or no? Yeah, yeah they so went to, they went to three with Emily right and Brittany. I mean, they, they were on the ropes to potentially lose in the country quota. Instead, they went on to win the qualifier and then win the entire tournament. Didn't, that was the only set they dropped the entire tournament. So how how do you think Britain and Emily felt with that draw, right? And they don't get if you travel out there and lose in the country quota or the qualifier, you don't get your travel stipend, your trip's not paid for, your hotel's not paid for, and no you're points. Just paying out of pocket, and you get no points. So you literally just fly out there for nothing. It's tough out there. It really is, and that's why my coach at USC, Anna, she was like, "You got We're gonna help you." get to these Norseka tournaments, get into the qualifiers. Because without that, I mean, we're two college girls that got into a main draw right after college. Our first Rio four-star event, we were in the main draw. Like, I think that's almost kind of unheard of for these this young team to come out and, all right, now you guys are in the main draw. And obviously we had to do well and maintain that, but we were lucky to get out there and not have to go into the – qualifier or country quota had you been i'm curious had you been in the country quota in brazil right after you graduated would you and kelly still have gone or would you have been like well let's just wait to get some points and then maybe start no. splurging on tickets to brazil <laughs> we i really think we would have gone because how else are you gonna get points 
we can't really sit around and just be like, ah, oh, it's expensive. It's the longer you sit around, the more points everyone else gains. So it's just you got to go out there and you got to you have to put go it all, all out. in. Exactly, you have to all, go all in. in and then win. I mean, that's a lot of people try to. I've heard a lot of players kind of ask like, "What's the trick to getting getting points and getting into the World Tour?" I was like, "Show up and win. You have to go get good finishes. That's the only way. You have to take whatever route. I mean, if you get lucky enough to get a wild card, then." Great. Like I got, like we said earlier, I got lucky with a wild card into the AVP, but then I went into country quotas and qualifiers with Hayden on the world tour. Um, you were lucky enough to get a wild card, uh, but that's just kind of like a head start or it's an opportunity, but you still, like you said, you have to go get that finish. And I mean, that's how, that's how certain teams get weeded out. It's like, you can stick around and play for six, seven years, which a lot of players have, and they're still not in the main draw of the world tour because they haven't gotten those good finishes. You have to get, basically, to not be falling back into the qualifier, you have to be getting ninths or better. At least every other finish needs to be ninth or better. If you get 25ths, teams are going to pass you. You're going to drop back. If you get 17ths, you're probably going to get dropped back as well. And did you did you watch the, the country quota in The Hague? We did. We watched... We did not watch uh, Alex Naples play Britain Emily. We went back home, but it was interesting because the fire alarm went off too. So they stopped mid-match and had to go take a rest and then come back. So I don't know how much of that was a factor, but I did watch um, April and Alex play Kelly and Betsy. And I mean, like Tri said, there's a lot of nerves going around that court because you lose, you're on a long flight back home on your own dime. There's, so there's more nerves. Let's say there's more nerves for April and, and uh, Alex in that match than there was in their final, honestly. I'm sure April's up. Well, she's definitely way more comfortable playing in a final than she is in a country quota because I don't even know if she's ever done that before. It's unfamiliar territory, at least not for a while, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that a lot of people are curious because we haven't really gotten to see Alex play. Uh, at least internationally with April, what did you think just from the very small sample size that you saw, just what, two sets against Kelly Larson and Betsy Flint? Yeah, I mean, they're obviously, they're a brand new team and they're probably going to have a lot of work ahead of them. But like you said earlier, a lot of teams had no idea who Alex was. She just kind of was thrown out there with April and obviously she made a very smart choice of who she played with. But she is a very tall blocker out there. I almost want to say she's, she's like the tallest blocker on the women's tour right now. Yeah, maybe Sarah. Oh, Sarah. Pena. Yeah, she's maybe like they're maybe they're the same, but same, for, same height as me and Travis. Yeah, <laughs> for I mean, for any girl, that's a hard adjustment to look at that block and say, "All right, what do I have to do to get around that?" So it's just they're a new team, and I'm sure everyone on the world tour is now looking at their film and being, yep. "This is how we're going to have to do," but. That's just part of the game. And you practiced a little bit against them, right, with Casey Patterson at the Sport yeah, Academy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we've, I've, we've practiced a couple of times against them, and it was fun practicing with Casey at the Sports Academy, but we're all kind of getting used to it, and changes happen all the time in the volleyball world, so it's you have to adjust and still have to learn how to beat a team, even though you've never seen them before. And with you know, kind of getting back to you and Kelly – what do you guys, what changes do you think or just improvements do you think you need to make to sort of shed that, you know, just, oh, they're young mistakes? 
Like, what do you think you have to do to establish yourself as that top team in the U.S.? I really think we're going to need to get on that podium uh, this this season. We've had some really great finishes. We've beaten some good teams. And obviously, we had that amazing AVP finish at the end, which was the highlight of last season. But we got to prove that we're up there and we're going to beat the best teams in the world. So um, I think just maybe just the silly little errors we sometimes make, we really got to just not do that. We're here and we are professional beach volleyball players now. This is our job. This is our life. And I think that's time to realize that and how much work it really does take, how much work you have to put in to become a professional beach volleyball player. How much did that win in Chicago do for you? Not just on a confidence level, but like you said, just sort of you're on the podium now. It's time to take you guys very seriously. That win was surreal. I... I mean, I've been watching the AVP since I was eight years old. I've worshipped Misty May since I was eight years old. So, you know, seeing teams like her win and then seeing myself win, it was a really cool experience. But just another thing, we're, yeah, we were the youngest team to ever win an AVP uh, championship. But, hey, like, that doesn't matter we're here to win and we finally proved ourselves that we can win at that level. So it was just, it was just an amazing win. I was, I think some of my pictures and my reactions, I, you could just tell how amazing it was for me, but I'm really excited for the next upcoming AVP season. I'm sure. And we're going to pause one more time for a quick word from our sponsors. You're listening to Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. VolleyballMag.com is your daily digital news source for all things volleyball, from NCAA women and men to beach volleyball on all levels to international and more. VolleyballMag.com, the only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day. This podcast is also brought to you by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals, which offers the best vacation accommodations in the world's best vacation destinations. Wherever you travel, Florida to Fort Lauderdale for the first major in February or to the Outrigger Canoe Club in Hawaii, <laughs> you're up to California. Choose to rest now luxurious guest rooms, suites, or villas for your next getaway. The villas offer all the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces and great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Rocks Volleyball. If you know the world of beach volleyball, then you definitely know Rocks Volleyball. Whether it's their Olympic athletes like Phil Dahlhauser and Nick Lucena, or from King Crab's legendary board short line, my personal favorite, by the way. Rocks Volleyball is transcending the world of beach and indoor volleyball by fusing performance, function, and fashion. With the most epic board shorts and bikinis in the game, don't miss out on their 80% off beachwear blowout going on now. And that is 80% off, which is awesome. Or you can even customize your very own pair of board shorts on their website by using the designer. Visit www.rocksvolleyball.com to start designing your board short or picking out that perfect suit. Rocks Volleyball, where performance meets fashion. All right, it is time for segment number three, your fan questions. And I'm going to start with uh, a mutual friend of ours from Ben Vaught, fellow Huntington Beacher. He says, so my question is, what do you think are the key things to being good at defense, such as footwork, starting position on the court, etc.? He says, 
help a wannabe out? First of all, hey, Ben, what's up? <laughs> um, great question. I, I've been really working hard on my defense since college till now because um, I was a blocker originally with my old partner, Justine. But the big thing for me is stay on your feet. Uh, this there's going to be balls where you're going to have to run and dive for it but the more times you can stay on your feet the better and right now especially I'm working on positioning so where I'll start um, depending on what my blocker is blocking and then speed uh, staying low and being able to turn your body very fast so if you're on the angle um, you know, and they're shooting high line, that, that motion of turning your hips and not standing up. You turn your hips and you maintain that low position and run to go get that ball. And I think one defender that I think does a remarkable job of that is Bruno. You look at him and he's always so low to the ground. He's got the short stubby legs that just get to everything. And that's just for me watching film. And I never even look at the defenders just because I look at the blockers. But you mentioned that Jose gave you a hard drive full of all kinds of film. Are there any defenders that you have been watching that you're trying to emulate? Well, Misty has always been my go-to uh, just because I would sit and watch her at Huntington Beach when I was eight years old. But, wow, there's so many great defenders. I really like Lara Ludwig. I love how she plays the game, so it's it's fun watching her, but I really like watching the guys play. So you mentioned Bruno. He's really someone who's great to learn from and how he moves on the court. Uh, I, I, I just try to pay attention to everyone. Everyone each has their own personality and style, so I think it's fun to see what, what everyone brings to the table. We have, there you go, Ben. There's your advice for the day. <laughs> um, this one is from Tams. So we, we kind of went over this a little bit. I don't know if you want to elaborate anymore. She says, how do you manage your time between practice, friends, family, tournaments, and a master's degree? Wow. It's, it's hard, but college really helped me with that just because it's all time management. It's, you're gonna, you're gonna fail sometimes, but you're gonna learn from that. Um, especially in college, it was, wow, I have practice, I have weights, I'm really tired, but I have this final exam or this, you know, assignment due. But if you leave something off, um, or you know, there's that that party that all my friends are going to, it's like you you have to figure it out and you have to learn from that. But I think a big thing for me is time management but making sure I have that time for family and friends I'm you know my family is my support system I love my family really close with all my family members so you know we have weekends off so whether that be me going home to Orange County and just hang out with the family or having friends over we I just moved to Hermosa with my best friend Paige so we we have a little house there and we have our friends over all the time you know, just if it's just to watch TV and we like to do Taco Tuesday. So we, it, that's, that's a really fun outlet for me because yes, my friends are volleyball players, but it's nice to just get away and not talk about volleyball. Um, and they're really good at that. And even last weekend, I wasn't home for New Year's because I was in the Hague competing. They threw me a, a New Year's party 
That's last awesome. weekend as like a everyone was confused by that we had New Year's decorations <laughs> up, but um, that's how amazing my friends are. So always, always will make time for friends and family. Right. That's kind of what. So I don't, I don't travel home to Maryland on the holidays anymore. So I went back last week because it's just like middle of January, and we had like a Christmas. <laughs> like celebration in the middle of January. <laughs> hey, you know, it, it, whatever works. It's so much fun. It's if you're with family and friends, it makes everything better. Yeah, I don't know if you guys can pick up on Bentley's snoring. Oh, <laughs> he's no, cracking me up. No, it's not family. It's we have another dog in the house today. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, he's snoring. He's an old old thing. He's cracking me up. Dog. My dog's a huge snorer. <laughs> <laughs> And then this is, so Tam's had a two-part question, and I'm kind of interested in this one. Have you and Kelly ever gotten into a big argument? Good question. Mm, no, nothing that comes to the top of my mind. I think some of the more serious maybe arguments are more just so I would call them conversations, where when we didn't have a coach and we were losing – I think any that's one of the hardest conversations you have to have with any partner is um, what went wrong, what I thought you did wrong, and tell me what you thought I did wrong. Um, <laughs> sorry, the dog. But, uh, the dog uh, can't, has trouble standing up. Sorry. And I think, um, no, it's okay. I think one of the more serious conversations we had, too, was when we were still in college and we were trying to compete in the Fort Lauderdale tournament. And the way we configured the points was if we played together, we probably wouldn't get in. So we both went with different partners. And that's never easy because we, you know, we went with different partners. We're like, hey, this is the betterment for both of us. And we're going to come back together at the end. I think that always, I guess, would cause a little tension. But as long as you're truthful and you lay out the situation, um, I think which we do a really good job at, um, that's what you just have to do in a partnership. I feel like approaching that conversation was probably so difficult because you don't want to want it to seem like, well, I'm just going to go play with Lauren because we'd be automatic. Because you played with Lauren Fendrick, right? I did, yes. And, and then, you know, I, I just feel like that's kind of like an awkward thing. How did you go about approaching that? Because, I mean, obviously it worked out in the end. Yeah, it, it did work out. I it we we were literally in it the whole time. We sat down. And we're like, I just you know we we went to USA volleyball. Will this work? And looking back at it now, we might have been able to get into the qualifier together. But at that time, it was the same situation like I talked about earlier. If we don't play just because we decide like we won't get in, and then we won't do it because we're not going to play together, people are going to surpass us even more with points. So it was the reality of the situation was like, hey, we're going to split up for this tournament. We're coming back together, but we need points. So, um, I mean, obviously we didn't play together, but we're still together now. So it wasn't, um, as I said, it might have caused a little tension, but you get over it. Yeah, I think being good at having communication with your partner is huge in beach, in beach volleyball. And obviously you guys have that. You've been lucky enough to build up that relationship for a few years now but I think the hardest time to not have an argument is is like during the match because you have to make adjustments and and uh you have to come together and, and agree on a strategy but you have to do it in a timely matter when you're playing right you have one time or you have like maybe a few seconds in between points to be like I'm gonna do this 
or, or we need to make this adjustment or, or you know, and, and you have to agree on it, but really quickly. And I think that's how a lot of teams start these arguments that, that they're asking about. Is like you see a lot of arguments on the court because it's like, we're in a rush. I think we should do this. You think we should do that. We have to figure it out in like 10 seconds. But you guys, I mean, it seems like you guys have a really good uh, relationship built up. And I think that's something that is very valuable. And obviously, you know that um, you guys are going to stick together for, for the long run, right? That's the plan right now, 2020. Yeah, we are we are working towards our goals right now. And and that it takes a lot of work. You know, yeah. it's um, we just have to I think it just comes from both ends of us it's like a each. relationship it is it's like marriage <laughs> of us you know yeah, and I'm learning that right now yeah there you go <laughs> uh, we each have to put in the work to make sure it will work you yeah. know you you're a partnership but there's also that responsibility on each other and oneself to get in the gym get rehab and work as hard as you possibly can work to be the best in the world yeah and I know that Tokyo is your goal has it hit you yet that like in a couple years time like you could very well be able to call yourself an olympian i feel like that's just such a surreal thing just because like the summer olympics have been my favorite sporting event since i was like eight years old i always looked forward to them and i taped everything when i was growing up and i feel like to call yourself an olympian and even in the pursuit of that is probably kind of a surreal experience so surreal i i guess i haven't really thought about it It, it's been my goal for a long time now to get to the Olympics and win gold in the Olympics but right now I'm just working towards getting there Um, I'm putting in I mean all my efforts I don't think I've ever worked so hard in my life these past couple of months of being that professional athlete um, eating the right stuff working in the weight room conditioning on the sand practice every day it's I'm all, I can just say I'm all in and I'm ready to get to those Olympics. And, you know, when it, when it happens, then it happens and it will hit, but I'm just working towards everything to get there right now. And with 2020 being the long-term, you know, big goal, have you broken it down into kind of like a ladder, just smaller goals to hit on your way? Yeah, I think it's really important to have goals and to write down goals. So yeah, there's definitely like you said, uh, just getting there one step at a time and it starts one day at a time. So um, putting in that work every single day and in the USA Volleyball Gym, they have that clock of how many days, how many minutes, how many hours and seconds towards the, yeah, in the weight room towards the Olympics. So you can look up there once in a while and be like, all right, this is it. It's coming up. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. And now this one is from guest two. And try, I'm interested in your answer to this one too. Uh, what players, if any, intimidated you when you came out on tour? Hmm. Um, it's funny how you say intimidation. I was more, I get starstruck. Right. Coming out more so than intimidated because... Kelly and I, the first AVP we played in, we ended up getting to, like, the semifinals? Or we ended up taking third. I, I can't remember exactly, but it was just looking on the other side of the court in New York, and you're playing April Ross and um, Jen Fatma at that time. 
And I was like, I can't believe we are here. I remember looking at Kelly and I was like, who cares? We're going to play all out because we are the biggest underdogs out here and we're just going to have fun. So I guess you can say you're always intimidated by the top players. But for me, I was like, I can't believe this is happening. And then later on in San Francisco where you play April and a carry. And um, you get a joust up against the net with Carrie Walsh. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. I'm jousting <laughs> Carrie Walsh. Um, and I think I may have won that joust. So, um, you know, but it's, it was just fun. I always took it as a, I'm on the court with some of the best volleyball players in the world, and I'm going to show them I can compete with them. So I honestly hope they might have been a little bit intimidated by me. There we as go. Being, uh, like, who is this girl? But, um, yeah, more starstruck, but I guess it goes hand-in-hand, hand, a little intimidation, too. I think we, I mean, from my experience, you kind of have a chip on your shoulder, too, right? You're, like, trying to prove something, like, I belong here. You should respect me. I, I might have gone, been a little too aggressive with it. I remember at times, or at one point, Jake Gibb had to talk to me through the net, like, hey, you're still a rookie, by the way. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, like, watch your mouth. I was like, oh, well. I just blocked you straight down, and I was stoked about it. <laughs> that was the first time I blocked you, so I celebrated and let you know. But, yeah, no, I, I mean, I kind of had a, definitely a chip on my shoulder, and, and you remember those moments, like the first time you beat Carrie in a joust. It's like, I just beat Carrie Walsh in a joust. Yep, gonna you got to give yourself one. a little credit, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. For sure. And they remember that, too. They're like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> all right, now I have to respect this player, and it's another competitor that I'm going to have to – compete against probably for a really long time you're listening to sandcast beach volleyball with triborn and travis mawerter presented by marriott vacation club rentals and brought to you by volleyballmag.com volleyballmag.com is your daily digital news source for all things volleyball from ncaa women and men to beach volleyball on all levels to international and more volleyballmag.com the only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day this podcast is also brought to you by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals, which offers the best vacation accommodations in the world's best vacation destinations. Wherever you travel, Florida to Fort Lauderdale for the first major in February or to the Outrigger Canoe Club in Hawaii, <laughs> you're up to California. Choose to rest now luxurious guest rooms, suites, or villas for your next getaway. The villas offer all the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces and great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Rocks Volleyball. If you know the world of beach volleyball, then you definitely know Rocks Volleyball. Whether it's their Olympic athletes like Phil Dahlhauser and Nick Lucena, or from King Crab's legendary board short line, my personal favorite, by the way, Rocks Volleyball is transcending the world of beach and indoor volleyball by fusing performance, function, and fashion. With the most epic board shorts and bikinis in the game, don't miss out on their 80% off beachwear blowout going on now. And that is 80% off, which is awesome. Or you can even customize your very own pair of board shorts on their website by using the designer. Visit www.rocksvolleyball.com to start designing your board short or picking out that perfect suit. Rocks Volleyball, where performance meets fashion. Now, this one is from Wang Pu. Uh, now that you're professional, um, you've had a couple sponsors come in. So who who are you sponsored by now? Yeah, I am sponsored by Mikasa, KT Tape. Um, I'm, you know, we're 
and Oakley is my newest one. Um, There's just some big names. Yeah, I we got some big names, and that I can just I'm so grateful to uh, my agent that I have. Tom McCarthy. Tom McCarthy, yeah. Misty Mays, uh, old agent. Yeah, well, they're still together. together. Yeah. Yeah, the. Um, so working with him and then Misty helped me along that, that path as well. But he, I, 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 my first sponsor was Mikasa and I had built a relationship with them when I was in high school, um, because I was the, the top like indoor player, uh, like for Orange County or something. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the exact title. And Mikasa did, I did like a little photo shoot with them under all the rules of NCAA, of course. So I had built that relationship early on, and then I signed with Tom, and we furthered that. And then after that, like I said, was KT Tape, who is absolutely amazing um, on the recovery side and just helping you in any situation you have. You are athletes. We get injured sometimes. So um, they have been really beneficial for me, and now my brand new one, Oakley. Um, that's really that's cool. I mean, they yeah. make the best glasses in the world, so I, I love it, and I'm super excited about it. That's yeah, kind of that's awesome. Of, um, April, I mean, like the fact that you got to be with a certain company, or at least associated with them, since you were in high school, because April was at Gatorade in high school, being the high school national player of the year or whatever. And it's cool how certain brands will will stick with their players uh, through these long periods and. Must be cool to, to build a relationship over time like that. It is, and like you guys said, studying business, it's right. it, relationships and building those connections is everything. So uh, I just maintain that, and uh, I'm so happy to be with these other companies as well. It's um, the big thing that Tom and I do really well is we're we're constantly updating them, we're communicating with them every day because. They're a part of who I am and who I represent, and I'm I'm proud to have them and proud to be representing them each and every day. Yeah, that's cool. Because I've also had sponsors where where I'm not as involved. Like I want to be involved. I'm like, oh, so let's do these shoots. Let's let's get out there. Let's you know I want to promote the brand, but I also want to put myself out there. And and some brands, you know, whether it's coming from the higher ups or not, they they don't really give you the opportunities to do that. They're like, oh, well, I mean, it's nice. I'll take a paycheck for no work. But but really, when you learn the business side of things, you want them to be putting you out there and you want to be putting in the work to do that. Um, so it's cool that, that you guys are so engaged with your sponsors. And you mentioned KT Tape kind of helping keep you healthy. Have you ever had uh, a serious injury or even just kind of one that kept you out for a little bit? I mean, everyone's shoulder is always sore all the time. <laughs> Uh, I have not, um, knock on wood. I, you know, I, I, like you said, we've all had the aches and pains and, but luckily I have nothing, had nothing too serious. And the part, why I love the partnership with KT so much is sometimes people think that it's just my shoulder hurts. I'm going to put KT tape on it. It's so much has to do with preventative mm -hmm. measures. So that's huge. Like, you know, I, I'll put it on my shoulder, my back here and there. They have all, all, of, all of our trainers are trained to apply it. Yeah. And like they've fully taken classes on how to use kinesio tape. It's like a certification, right? It is. It is. So it's just the process of like having it be preventative and helping me is I think has helped me come a long way too. Um, not only that, they have a lot of recovery tools. So um, it's just 
something that's great to have in the toolbox to pull out whenever you need it. And now we have a question from Wolfgang. Does she play any video games? If so, okay. which one? I don't know where these names come from. Um, I think I know. Uh, <laughs> no, I know Wolfgang. Hey. But um, <laughs> I, the one game I used to play a lot with my brother, Connor, who Shry knows. I think, Travis, you probably know my brother too, was um, Beach Spikers on the GameCube. Oh, yeah. I that was, Wait, totally. that's a thing? Yeah, it's a Game beach volleyball yeah, game. Totally. Um, that was one game I loved. But, you know, I'm not a huge video gamer. Kelly, my partner, is. Um, she like she brings onto her the Switch, Nintendo Switch, nice. um, which we, the first time I played it was in The Hague with some of our Australian friends um, who love video games. But I'm gonna be in your guys' room next time we go on tour. <laughs> yeah, no, but she she's all about that. So I I'll sometimes pitch in, but I'm on tour. I use that time either. Um, to keep up maybe on some TV shows, so like uh, Netflix and all that good stuff and Amazon Prime, but I like to read, um, and then I'm trying to learn how to play the ukulele. Oh, wow. nice. I don't know if you could give me some pointers, I but... I wish I could. Um, I'm trying to learn too. Yeah, my best friend just bought me one for Christmas, so I think that's going to be my next thing to bring out and try to learn. Solid. You mentioned uh, some Netflix binging. What are you watching right now? I'm watching Suits right now. That's a good one. Um, I love it. I really do. And then, um, no spoilers, please, but I'm watching Game of Thrones at my own pace, slowly. <laughs> so, uh, I really like that one. <laughs> That's what I just finished Game of Thrones. And I was I had to keep... My brothers kept telling me things. I was like, no, stop, 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 stop. Yeah. And I just finished it. And now, like, I'm going back and finally, like, allowing myself to read up on Game of Thrones on the internet. I'm like, man, this must have been insane to, like, do it while it was going on. Just, like, fan theories everywhere. I'm sure. It's a, it's a crazy show. Keeps you on your toes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, that'll wrap it up for fan questions. Now, is there anything that you wish we would have asked you? Anything that you want to talk about that we might have missed? First of all, thank you to all the fans. Those are all really nice questions. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. some people want to know a lot, but I appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm not really afraid to talk about anything. Um, I I want to keep people involved. I don't have anything like huge questions. You know, I, I, I like to cover everything. So depending if you guys want to talk anymore, I would be happy to talk about it. Yeah, well, we might have to have you on a few more times because... Uh... We definitely appreciate having you on, and, and we want to just have these kind of conversations with all the players and kind of open it up to to uh, all the players to kind of speak their minds and whatever topic it is that, that seems to come up. This is uh, kind of the player's place to talk to the fans in the world from an kind of unbiased, hopefully unbiased. Yeah, I feel like we're like an, an audio version of the, the Players' Tribune. You guys know that site yeah, where the awesome. athletes yeah. can kind of write their own pieces? Yep. So that's what we try to be. <laughs> no, I love that. I mean, I guess just going off of me going through like the collegiate program, I know a lot of young girls are just, you know, they're kind of confused and they want to play indoor, but they want to give up the game. Um, so I get a lot of those questions. So I guess for the young players or even the parents who are listening, um, I love the indoor game as much, and, and the beach game, of course. So a lot of girls are making this decision of even though they love indoor, they want to play beach in college and they think they have to quit indoor right away. 
Uh, I played up until my senior year of high school um, and then went strictly beach. I didn't play my last year of club, um, but just I think it's huge for young girls to know that it's okay to still play both and if they love both. Um, but and, and you can learn from, from playing. Like I certainly, I played professional for a year and a half after college. And, I mean, there's so much that I learned from playing indoors that I transferred over. Skill wise, I mean, it's volley, volleyball is volleyball. The game's completely different strategy wise, uh, a lot of the skill sets, but I mean, you're learning to be an athlete at the highest level, and that's something that transfers over perfectly. Yeah, but I also completely respect the girls who know what they want, and I right. think it's crazy and it's so amazing to see. And now girls are 12 years old and they're like, I'm going to play beach. And I think it's so amazing that they can and we have the opportunity for girls to play beach volleyball in college. So I'm always just like trying to help people out in that sense. And if anyone ever has any questions, they can come to me directly. But it's a hard process for girls to try to figure it out. And I went through the college game and it was the best decision I've ever made. So I eh, just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> and so, and where, where can uh, your fans reach you? Either social media or however. Yeah, social media is always a go-to. Um, I have Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, but... Honestly, don't just come up to me too. I I love talking to people. I love talking to young girls um, because I don't think I would be in the same place today if I didn't have the coaches I had and the people like Misty May giving me the the time of day to sit down and talk with me. So um, I love to do the same for anyone and everyone. Has it struck you yet too that you know to a lot of young girls? I mean, you're becoming sort of a Misty-ish figure you know I'm sure that you looked up to Misty a tremendous amount growing up and that's kind of a role that you're carving out for yourself that's first of all thank you that's really nice to hear uh I, I'm not gonna lie I still like in my room at home like I have Misty May poster and it's funny because it is a Macasso poster so um but like I she was a volunteer assistant coach at USC my first year and I kid you not I was afraid to talk to her because, like, that's how big of, like, a role model she is. And now she's actually my mentor. So I still, like, get nervous when I even, like, go see her. But um, I think one time a parent came up to me and was like, I just want to let you know my – this really kind of hit me when she told me that my daughter has a poster of you in her room. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was like a, a, a Mikasa shoot that I had done. And I was like, there's no way that that's actually happening. So I I am – so grateful for that and um i hope that i'll i'll keep being that person that young girls look up to um for a long time i really i think that's amazing and thank you to everyone who does well job certainly well done so far on your part congrats to all that you have accomplished and best of luck to you and kelly on the sand this year you will will probably have you on a couple more times throughout the season so looking forward to that yeah no i love it I'll, i'll always be here for you guys all right awesome And we will catch you guys next week on Sandcast.